2: Third and final hour here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. I'm Christian Garrick. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network at 4 p.m. to get you set for LSU and Ole Miss in Oxford at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium at 6 p.m. right here on WWL. And as we, you've heard us talking about, the big storyline so far from college football, without question, is the injury to Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, He suffered a hip injury. Uh, Sounds like a dislocated hip. They have airlifted him from the game to Birmingham and their medical Mm -hmm. center there. So we're keeping eyes out on what could develop here. And uh, there's a lot of information coming out pretty quickly. ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeting that they were uh, nervous right away Uh, towards the end of the game is when they started to feel like that it was uh, perhaps a very, very significant injury. MRI and... Uh, scans are next for Tua Tagovailoa at the uh, Medical Center in Birmingham, so we're keeping an eye on that. And uh, just a uh, just a, a devastating thing to see and and hear have happened to one of <clears throat> one of football, college football's finest players, sir.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's a sad deal, you know. Uh, but it's it's the chance that you take playing this game. It's very difficult. Um, you know, there's there's injuries that that can happen. That can you know either you know, win your career or, or not allow you to do anything else moving forward, period. So um, it, it's something that we're going to watch here closely. We're going to keep him in our prayers no matter what.
2: LSU and Ole Miss, phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. You, you worried about a letdown game for the Tigers. Do yep. you predict a comfortable win or a nail-biting win or a shocking loss today against the Rebels of Ole Miss? You tell me at 504 260 Text 870-870. Jimmy, Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com will join us after our first break this hour. We'll also visit with Brad Lumine at the bottom of this hour, uh, does part of our WWL prep football coverage as we are into the playoffs of high yeah. school football. And, Herb, I, I know you know that feeling quite well.
0: Yeah, man, I, I love high school football playoffs. It's, it's something that was great to me. Uh, um, I think I have got to the third round each year. Of, of my my high school years, my so it was three years in a row we got to the third round, but we couldn't get you know get past that. But it's always fun playing, so we always ended up playing somewhere. The either the I think it was the night after um Thanksgiving, we always would end up playing, and that would be the game that we would lose for whatever reason. But um it, it's a wonderful thing. Now the way the playoffs are set up now in, in in high school football is different now, and I don't really like it personally, but it is what it is. You know, you got your select, and your non-select, and all this other stuff, and you know, there's some controversy going on with it right now. You know, you know, you know, some some of these kids are waiting two weeks to play their first playoff game and that's not that's not cool, you know. Um so we need to figure something out. We need to figure out the best way to, to, to get everybody to be a part of the playoff system again as one, in my opinion. Um, and, and then uh, you know, to, to to just bring it back to what it used to be. I loved it the way it was.
2: Jim Nagy, uh, executive director of Reese's Senior Bowl, ESPN and NFL Draft analyst, has say, put out a tweet momentarily, our moments ago, saying he's hearing Tua Tagovailoa's hip injury is serious hip fracture, similar to Bo Jackson's career-ending injury. Surgery tonight or tomorrow morning for Tua Tagovailoa. Man, yep, I just, I just hate hearing that. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, and you'll continue hearing that too. I mean, that's just what it seems like it's going to be. One of the first reports that came out was say he needs surgery immediately to, to repair repair whatever to see if they can you know get him back on the track to being on the football field again.
2: I know this is supposed to be an LSU Tiger tailgate show. I get it, but yep. when you Herb, when you when you see an injury like that in college football to a player, any player, but in, in particular to a Tagovailoa who's widely considered going to be a top five NFL pick in April, uh, he, he was Heisman contender. Um, it just you, 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 you kind of sh- get shocked so, by it, so and, he, and it's a violent sport, so you shouldn't be.
0: So here, here's the thing about it that you know, you go, all of it goes back to what he's a he's a child. He's what 19, 20 years old, right? He doesn't make any money doing what he does. If he could, he could make a lot of money off his likeness selling that jersey, right? So now potentially he may not be able to do what what, what he was put on this earth to do, which is play quarterback. You know what I mean? Um, he's going to find another path. Wherever his heart serves him, if it comes to that, let me make sure I say that. I don't want to say this is it, but what I'm saying is, this substantial injury and significant enough to say, okay, well, you know, what else is he going to do to 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 help him earn the kind of earnings he would have earned in the NFL if he'd have been the number one, two, or three pick quarterback in the draft, you know.
2: Well, he does have uh it, these guys do have insurance policies etc, but they also that's why it's important to get your education.
0: <clears throat> well, I don't know if the you know, if they say they have insurance policies, but how do those insurance policies work? You know what I mean? I yeah, don't know I don't exactly, know exactly how they're set either. up and all of that stuff. So and then also at the end of the day, I mean, you know, yeah, the college degree is a great thing, but you know, it, it, you, there's no job you're going to go out directly from getting your college degree and then step into an office and make five million dollars a year nothing there's nothing you can do you know period
2: there's very few uh, very least,
0: name one and then i'll be surprised to be honest with
2: you (laughs) no i'm with you i I get what you're saying yeah
0: yeah no so no doubt yeah so you got you know if you want to be a, a surgeon and a doctor you got to go to school for four years plus you got to go to another five years and another four years or whatever residency and all this other stuff so you know you're 15 years in you know whereas you know, next year he was going to be, literally next year in, in April, he was going to be the number one, two, three, or four pick in an NFL draft. All right,
2: we'll step away and come back. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com next here to break down LSU And Ole Miss today at 6 p.m. right here on WWL. My guy, Jimmy Smith, stepping into the radio huddle. Publisher at TigerDetails.com. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust um, Tiger Tailgating Show. I've got so many things I've got to read. Sometimes I get them a little twisted. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, But nonetheless, Herb Tyler as well. Jimmy, the big story, we're going to get into LSU Ole Miss, but the big story in college football undoubtedly today is the hip injury suffered by Alabama quarterback, attack of Aloha, that he's been airlifted and probably likely headed to surgery on a fractured hip
3: yeah when when I saw that injury the um, first thing that popped to my mind was images of Bo Jackson back in the day and the in, in the um, hip injury he suffered uh, that was kind of my feeling just the way he fell down and so on and so I mean that's a horrible injury for this young man and and at this point um you know, what really stinks for him, not only does he have to get over this injury and probably decreases his, his, his stock as far as the NFL draft is concerned, but now there's a history here. Um, he's going from knee injuries to ankle injuries, now the hip injuries. Um, GMs across the entire NFL are going to take note of that. And so not only do you have to worry about how healthy he'll be immediately, it's his long-term ability to to stay upright that's going to concern a lot of a lot of teams moving forward. and and, you know, I mean, as a college football fan and a fan of young men, uh, I've always been a fan of Tua. I thought he handled himself uh, like a very mature, um, <laughs> great teammate and, and someone I'd want to play with or play for. So I wish him the best in a very unfortunate situation. And and it kind of brought me back, to Nick Saban back here uh, with Matt Malk in, in a big upset victory they had. They were up 30 points, and Matt Malk got hurt in the game, if I remember correctly. So, uh, there's kind of a history here with Saban as well, and, and I don't want to say running his players into the dirt, but, you know, playing them to, and, and pushing the limits with them physically.
2: Jimmy, when you go back and look at that win over Alabama, how impactful was that in recruiting for LSU?
3: Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, LSU can say whatever they want about where they're going to be in a few years to recruits and so on, but um, nobody's really going to believe it until they beat Bama, right? That's the hurdle. You're never going to be a national championship contender if you lose an eight in a row to Alabama. So that was really a hard sell without putting it together on the field. And so now that's just convincing everyone that you've you've been working on for a while, letting them know, hey,
0: you know, we're headed in
3: the right direction. We're about to turn the corner. And and many of them believed it, obviously, when you look at their recruiting class. Um, But there were probably some that were still a little skeptical until they actually saw it unfold on the field. And, and I don't know if they needed to win that game uh, to kind of get the monkey off their back as far as recruiting is concerned. I think what they've done leading up to this point, I think they were heading in the right direction and were, and were probably uh, appealing to a lot of recruits anyway. But this is kind of icing on the cake. This is put it behind you. And this is we're, we're back on the elite level, like in Ohio State, like a Clemson, like in Alabama.
2: Have you heard any recruits that were considering or were on an official visit at Alabama that might have changed their stance. Been leaning Alabama, but perhaps leaning towards more LSU now. I'll
3: tell you what I've been what I've been hearing. Um, what I heard from a couple recruits is that it's a dip, different atmosphere. And th- there's a a line here that I've heard quite a few times recently. Now that kids have visited both programs, it's it's you know if you go to Alabama, it's a business decision right? And I take that as meaning it's regimented. It's not really the college life. It's basically the minor leagues of the NFL, whereas LSU recruits and their parents talk about that balanced atmosphere. They feel right. That, that they can have that structure and that discipline needed, but they're also given that flexibility to be a college individual, a college student and enjoy the college life. And, and so after that game, And probably because of the loss, and I'm sure everybody, it was probably a somber moment in the Alabama locker room and stuff. There were a couple kids I talked to that were on that visit in Alabama that told me it just wasn't the same vibe, and and they went back to that. It's just that structured feeling, And, and there's no life outside of football at Alabama when you go to Alabama. So that's kind of what I've been getting throughout this year, um, when 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 kids that have frequented both campuses have kind of relayed to me, and that's kind of the message I've been getting, uh, really since since Ed Orgeron's taken over at this position at LSU.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say it sounds like uh, Coach O's personality. He's he's not as regimented, right. and he's a little laid back, you know.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Tiger a details, different.
2: Jimmy Smith. Right. Go ahead,
0: Jimmy.
3: I'm just saying he's a little different. Ed goes by his own beat, does things a little different. And, uh, and and I think it's really connecting with a lot of players and a lot of families.
0: Well, Jimmy, what you said was that you know it, since Ed started now when Les Miles was here, it was it kind of got instilled a little bit the last couple two three years that Les was here, um, and, and 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 you know it it reeked of that if you will. So I know exactly what those kids are saying. So that's that's pretty awesome to hear those kids tell you that. Who's visited both places, and they actually come back and say, "You know what, LSU is a place where I can actually be a 19, or 18, 20 year old kid, but also at the same time play big time college football."
3: Yeah, and that's what all these—I mean, all these kids want to be NFL guys, right? That's all that they're aspiring to be. But when you're 17 or 18, you want to be 17 or 18. You know, you want to be able to have a life outside of just football. And, and I tell young men all the time in high school, and Herb, I'm sure you've repeated this to some kids, like enjoy it now because it's a business once you sign that paper and a scholarship, yep. you know, and, and, and being able for a kid to look and say, hey, I can get that world, all that football preparation world I need, but I can still be a kid. That's going to appeal to a lot of kids from across the country.
2: Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com. He's the publisher there. Check him out at TigerDetails.com. Jimmy, let's dive into this LSU-Ole Miss matchup. Herb and I were talking about it and uh, mashing it up earlier. Basically, it's, it's going to boil down to LSU's ability on defense to stop an Ole Miss rushing attack that has rushed for 200 yards in five of the last six games.
1: That, that's how,
3: exactly how I see it. you know. And I, and I think a big part of that it really is going to flip to the LSU offense. Can y'all get Ole Miss out of their comfort zone? Um, by scoring points and maybe pushing the envelope and forcing them to kind of open up their offense a bit, uh, LSU does not want to have to defend 45 runs in this game. Nobody wants to, especially after a physical contest against Alabama, a little depleted in your defensive front, everybody's a little banged up. Uh, You don't want this team feeling like they can run the ball and they'll be running the ball into the third and fourth quarter of this game. That simply means it's close enough for them to feel like they can still run the ball. So LSU's offense is going to need to put the points on the board uh, you know they have some issues on that offensive line this week we're, we're going to see if they'll be able to to hold together and keep burrow upright and create some holes for these running backs but if that offense struggles a little bit and you let up this this it's really a dynamic running game uh you know that they have with Plumlee at quarterback and the things he can do and the running backs they have and I mean, if you let them get off and you let them start rolling, it could be a long, strenuous day for that defense that that really kind of needs a break after that battering last week.
2: Jimmy, when you look at the offensive line headed into this this matchup, but really headed into the season, that was the one area where we said, ah, if there's going to be a fatal flaw, it could be up front. But I think they've played well, and they've even managed some injuries up up front.
3: Yeah, I do. I think, you know, I I was on an earlier call, I think our – our preseason call, Christian. when We are kind of reviewing the season. I said I thought that this system was going to make this offensive line better. There's a couple elements to it that that I think really contribute to that. One's the short passing game, right? When that ball comes out, uh, those guys aren't expected to block for four or five seconds. Um, the other is the RPO game. Um, a lot of these guys are, are run blocking in these pass blocking sets, and in these pass blocking situ- in, in in these passing situations. And, and so you're not asking them to play in space quite as much and, and, and show some of those deficiencies. So these guys have been able to fire off the ball, um, engage at the line of scrimmage, and, and, and kind of play a zone uh, blocking scheme up front. And, and it's just really helped them a lot, I think. And, and there's a lot of returning starters here. Continuity is huge on the offensive line. Um, if you have a group that, that's average ability but has played together a long time, they're going to play fairly well. And I think you're starting to see signs of that. And there are some capable bodies in this group as well. So uh, it's been a lot better than people anticipated, being that they really struggled last year. Um, You know, And I I think this is something you're probably going to see carry over from years forward as they're building solid depth and they look to have um, a couple groups of returning starters uh, coming back in the next couple of years.
2: Jimmy, any concern whatsoever about a letdown game against Ole Miss?
3: I don't really think so. If it is a letdown, I don't think it has anything to do with the emotions of the game. This is a senior-laden team. There's a lot of veterans on this team. Guys like Burrow and Lloyd Cushenberry aren't going to let these guys fall asleep at the wheel. So uh, if there is a letdown, I don't think it's attributed to the mental, you know, the mental state of this team. right? I don't think it's an emotional letdown. If there is a letdown, it might be physical. Um, if, Like I said, if Ole Miss is running the ball fairly well, then the, these guys have to defend the run uh, throughout the game, man. This team's a little physically beaten beaten up right now. And, and so uh, I could see them giving up some of those big runs later in the game if that's what they're forced to, to deal with, and, and that could be an issue. But I don't, I don't see a mental letdown. If there's a letdown, it's going to be of the physical
1: nature.
2: Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Great stuff as always, man. You the man, Jimmy. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. We'll step away and come back and part of our WWL prep team, the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup, Brad Lumine. We'll step in, talk a little high school football playoff action as we get ready to get closer and closer to Thanksgiving Day and on into the state championship games as well. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on WWL. And we welcome in now Brad Lumine, the Esquire, part of our WWL prep coverage on the All-State Sugar Bowl Prep Football Roundup on Friday nights at 7 o'clock right here on WWL. And, Brad, playoff time in uh, high school football. It's always special in Louisiana.
1: Oh, it's always special. And, it, you know, it's even more special when we have that nice weather like we did last night. It kind of makes it feel like football weather.
2: Any surprises last night? Uh, not not too many surprises.
1: Uh, I think, you know, local teams, a surprise would probably be Slide Slidell. L went in as a sixth seed. They won a district championship under Coach Larry Favre, which is their first district championship in 15 years. Uh, they were playing the 27-seed Como last night, and Como uh, came up, came down to Slidell. They went up really quick, like 21 Slide Slidell tried to bounce back, but they just couldn't do it, and Como won that one uh, 42-14. So that was kind of a, a little bit of a shocker right there. I, I, we all, Alan Waddell, myself, Coach Val, we all kind of thought Slidell would, would make a pretty deep run in the playoffs, but unfortunately the Tigers got eliminated last night. Another little, somewhat of a shocker, uh, Dutchtown. Uh, one of the Ascension Parish schools, they played Ruston. Dutchtown was a 13, Ruston was a 20. Uh, Dutchtown lost a close one right there, 29-27. And uh, they'll be back, though. Guys, Dutchtown has a, a running back, Dylan Sampson, kid's a sophomore. And uh, he had – I think he wound up finishing after the end of last night with over 1,600 yards and I think 25 touchdowns on the season. So, uh, And the kid's just a sophomore playing 5A ball. So he's definitely going to be a huge recruit in a few years.
2: Nice. Mandeville uh, beats Barb 38-14. to Where do they go now? Mandeville's back at home, but who do they play?
1: So uh, Mandeville, you know, Coach Hutch Gonzalez, he's got his team rolling. I actually got to see them play early in the season against Hawnville. Uh, Mandeville dropped that game against Hornville, but their offense is very impressive. Uh, The first game of the year that they played, their quarterback um, threw for eight touchdowns, and one of the receivers, Will Shepard, he had uh, five of those touchdown receptions. I mean, they're lights out. So they're going to be – Mandeville had to travel out there to Barb last night. They wound up winning 38-14, like you said, Christian. So because they traveled last week, they're going to get a home game this week, and they're going to have to play Alexander. But Alexander is a great team. Um, They're a three-seed. It's going to be a tough game for Mandeville, but at least the Skippers are going to have some home field advantage, and I'm sure they're going to pack the stands out there in Mandeville next Friday.
2: Alexandria beat West Wachita 42-14. to Honville advancing as well, 28-6 to over the Chalmette Owls. Where do they go?
1: So Honville is going to draw Zachary. Uh, Zachary's a very good team. Again. Yeah. Um, Again.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, they, they, they are – you know, perennial uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, powerhouse right now. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if you ever have a chance to go out there to Zachary, go nice. see the facility that they're yeah. building, man. It is ridiculous. They've got a huge jumbotron, brand-new uh, football weight room, locker room. So, unfortunately, you know, Honville had a r- really good quality win against Shawnette last night, but they're now going to move on to play Zachary. And because both of those teams were the home teams this past week, Zachary's going to get the home draw because they're the higher seed. So, Hornville Coach Salta Famaggio, they're going to have to travel up to Zachary and take on a good Bronco team on Friday.
2: Yeah, they've kind of been the, uh, the, the, the budding 5A powerhouse for the last couple of years. Moving into the uh, Class 4A, any surprises there in the 4A?
1: Uh, 4A, not real surprises. You know, we all, one of the local teams that everybody's high on, is Lakeshore? Uh, they finished the season undefeated. You know they made a run at the playoffs a couple of years ago. And That's a relatively new school, off. right? Yeah, it is. They've only been playing for a few years, and in the last, I'd say three or four years, their football program has become a powerhouse. Um, they they're, they made it to the dome, uh, didn't complete the task, but they're back. They're looking to do that this year. They finished the number one seed at four A. They won fifty to nothing last night. So uh, the Titans, you know, on a roll. I think the 4A bracket, Christian, the interesting thing is going to be and, – and good for Lakeshore because Lakeshore is on the top of that bracket as the one seed, and the way it played out is Carr and Neville wound up being three and two, respectively. So the way this sets up is Carr and Neville, who either have – one of the two have won the, the state championship, I think it's the last nine years. Right. Um, it's, it's just ridiculous. Carr has – uh, four championships since 2012. So in the last seven years, they got four of them. Neville's got the others. So when you're looking at them, those two those two teams, Carr and Neville, are going to probably wind up playing each other in the semis, and that's going to be a title-type matchup. And then Lakeshore, if they can keep winning, Christian, uh, they can push their way into the Dome again this year in 4A.
2: Hanging out with Brad Lumine, the Esquire. Part of our WWL prep coverage, the All State Sugar Bowl prep football roundup. He's the Esquire, literally Herb, because he's he's a lawyer. He's an attorney. I know, I know.
1: Yeah.
2: Hey, um, <laughs> Brad, a you're, you're a fan. You're a fan of football in general, and the big news: college football. Two attack of Loa going down with a major hip injury. Uh, he's going to require surgery. It's it's uh, no matter if you're an LSU fan or not. If you're a fan of college football, you need to pray for a speedy recovery for him.
1: Yeah, you know I'm I'm a, a multi LSU graduate, so um, I've been you know been there for a long time. Invested myself in there, saw so bleed purple, and gold. But you know it's always sad to see any player, you know whether it's a star player or not, go down with an injury like that. And uh, it looked really bad, man. I mean, he got up and he just couldn't move, couldn't and uh, they had to you know couldn't had to cart him off. I mean that that's one of the serious injuries, and you you kind of have to start wondering now. I mean, he's got you know one ankle that he had the surgery on last year. But, excuse me, the other ankle got surgery this year. This hip injury, you know, I, I don't know, but I'm just I'm projecting it out there, guys. I mean, he's going to go into the NFL where the guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and you got to wonder how much more pounding that body's going to be able to take. Right. But Brad, Brad when you, you look know, at
2: this, I'll go ahead, Go ahead if you want.
1: No, I was just going to say, and, you know, kind of knocks him out of the, the Heisman Trophy race, so that kind of puts yeah. Joe Burrow a little bit more of an edge right there. So, you know, perhaps a Heisman coming to Baton Rouge at the end of the year.
2: Oh,
0: it's coming. It's coming, Brad.
2: <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Brad, Illuminate, part of our prep coverage here on Friday nights, the All-State Sugar Bowl prep football roundup. I know Evangel's good. But 84 to 20 over E.D. White, my goodness. (laughs) I love it. I love it. it. it.
1: Look, we got served notice last night. We saw that, and I was like, that can't be right, man. That must be a misprint. They're not putting up those kind of points. But, yeah, 84 to – I mean, 84 points in a playoff game is ridiculous. That is. And, and, and look, and and I expected that out of Acadiana. Now, Acadiana put up 78 points last night. So, when you think about it, like, 80 – 78 points is kind of expected out of Acadiana. Acadiana had 50 at halftime, guys. I think that was the third time this season the Reckon Rams put up a 50 spot at halftime. (laughs) Uh, I mean, they're looking to hit the Hondo mark on the scoreboard. But, I mean, Evangel with 84 points, that's crazy. But, Christian, here's the thing with Evangel. they got to play St. Thomas more now. And St. Thomas more is no joke. So, Evangel's going to have to make a, a road trip down to Lafayette a great St. Thomas-Moore Cougar team, and uh, that that's going to be a game next week uh, that people are going to watch. You know, there, There's a couple of them that, that we've got circled. That's definitely one of them, Evangel and St. Thomas-Moore.
2: Brad Lumine, uh, anything else, man, before we let you run? Uh, look, there's a couple of good ones.
1: Uh, if you want some other games to keep an eye on, Dunham and Newman. Uh, Dunham out of Baton Rouge is, is, is doing really well this year. Uh, Coach Nelson Stewart and Newman Greenies—that's going to be a good game to watch next week. St. Charles Catholic and Episcopal. Episcopal won fifty-one nothing last night, so those mm-hmm. are going to be good matchups. Uh, local schools also. Country Day. Uh, Ibieta, Tulane commit. He last night, man, he, he really put on a show. He had three touchdowns. Now he only attempted sixteen passes last night. Of the sixteen passes, he threw three touchdowns. He also had one hundred and fifty-eight yards rushing. And one touchdown rushing. That's like Herb Tyler type stats right there, okay?
0: <laughs> Only and, in high school, baby. Only in high school, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they got a good quality win last night. They're going to play a Vermilion Catholic team, Country Day, will uh, next week. And then, you know, most of the D1 schools is pretty much a Catholic league, so they're all yeah. in, in the mix. They're playing each other. And, look, Scotlandville and Brother Martin, uh, Christian I know, uh, you know, your dad uh, uh, follows Brother Martin, helps us out, and then covers the games for us. Scotlandville's kind of been an Achilles heel of Brother Martin. They were um, in a tight game a few years ago. Brother Martin actually scored with a few seconds to go ahead. They kicked the ball off. Kelly Joseph runs it back for a touchdown. Scotlandville wins. So that's a rematch. Uh, Jesuit and Curtis is another rematch. And then Archbishop Rummel and St. Augustine. I mean, this is a game that, look, St. Aug won last. Um, well, actually, they played on Thursday night. They won on Thursday night. Don't discount the Purple Knights. The last time St. Aug and Rommel played, Aug was up twelve to nothing on Rommel. Rommel came back with their defense and won that game sixteen to twelve. So that game, St. Aug and Rommel, is going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. Yep.
2: Brad, I want to ask you. I forgot to ask you about Newman's Newman's freshman quarterback, Arch Manning. Is he is he living up to the to the hype? You know, he's
1: living up to the hype, Christian. I mean, if you look at the stats, I mean, they're there. Um, he's only going to grow. He's only going to get bigger. He's only going to get stronger. I mean, obviously, he's a very cerebral quarterback. Uh, he knows the reads to make. He can pick the coverage apart. You know, he's going to get better as, as he gets older. You know, it, talking to Coach Stewart, he was kind of on the fence, I think, probably going into this year. He didn't want to, you know, start uh, his freshman and throw him to the Wolves, and if it turns out bad, then, you know, then you threw Archer Manning to the Wolves and it turned out bad, and what do you have? But uh you know, they worked on it seven and seven. They did a lot of camps over the summer and uh he started lighting stuff up over the summer at seven and seven and, and coach Stewart gave him a shot and I mean clearly he earned the shot and, and he's there to stay. So he's gonna be there uptown for the next you know, he's gonna have three more years after this. Brad, and uh
0: Brad, coaches are calling. Nelson Stewart is is one of what I think is underrated coaches here in, in Louisiana period. He's one of the smartest, brightest minds there is offensively. Um, he can develop any quarterback. Period. You bring him there, he's going to develop him no matter what. His system that he runs is so it's it, it reminds me of what Joe Joe Brady and Steve Insmay are doing up there at LSU right now. And that's you know, and I know this firsthand because he coached my son, and he and, and right going to break all of my son's record. Who <laughs> my son? He broke my, you know Jay broke all of Peyton and Eli's records. So that's how it's going to. That's what's going to happen with it. And uh, and look, and I tell Nelson this all the time. Look, when the, the, at some point there's going to be a college team that's going to come and knocking at the door and ask him to be offensive coordinator somewhere, and I said, just take me with you, coach. I just want to go.
1: And <laughs> hey, look, you know Herb, just like not only is Nelson a good coach, if you ever get a chance to talk to Nelson he's just a good guy. Yeah, he's he a is. good dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, he's really family oriented. Uh, you know, faith oriented. He's a he's a good person. He's yep. the kind of person that, and you know firsthand, Herb, you wouldn't mind your son being in his presence and being coached by him. He's a kid that you would he's a coach that you would entrust your kids to just like you did. Uh he's a good guy and and I think the good thing that helps him out is, you know, by trade Nelson was an offensive lineman when the 2 Lane played O-line mm-hmm. and then he kind of started working with the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers. So he knows from both sides. He knows the blocking scheme what it needs to be, the checks that needs to be made, mm-hmm. then the reads that need to be made and, and and that is the whole package. When you got somebody like that, running your offense it's going to run it's going to run efficiently and he's been running efficiently for a while and then when you get guys that have the pedigree like the Mannings and and whatnot and the Tylers and you throw them in there it only makes the offense look that much more special.
0: He, he, look my son graduated in 2015 and he and I were texting not my son but Nelson and I were texting about five days ago you know just just saying hello to each other tell him I miss him he missed me I love him he loves me and I got to go watch a couple games so that, that's how yeah, special yeah. of a person he is.
1: Hey, look! You definitely need to go out and watch some of those games over the next few years, though, and get to see it, get to see the Manning Manning two incarnated at noon.
2: Yeah, you, you go, man. The only problem I have with Nelson Stewart is he, he can never talk. He's always
0: hoarse. Hey, man. <laughs> He's a coach, man. He's coaching. He's out there yelling, getting those. Boys I know, right. no. I man. give him a hard
2: time about it all the time. I'm like Nelson. Do you ever have a voice? Even in the off season, he doesn't have a voice. Well, what you got to do is you got
0: yeah, to that... ask him to sing we to call... you. If he sings to you, then he, I'm telling you, just something about something about it. Sounds, out of your mind. He, yeah, sure. he sounds like Smokey Robinson. I, I don't understand it. You know.
1: So, so what? Y'all think if we got? You think if we got Nelson and Coach O? in a room together gave him a 12 pack of beer we'd understand anything they say in 30 minutes
0: (laughs) no No. but i can tell you what there'll be some good football coming out of it i can tell
2: you (laughs) that's true that's true that's true sure some good stories brad Lumine, (laughs) part of our wwl prep team our all-state Sugar bowl prep football roundup brad great stuff as always man thank you all right hey go tigers
0: go tigers thanks brad
2: i will step away and come back and wrap up the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. I love that bumper music right there. That's great high school music, high school football music, etc. Welcome back here to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, f- featuring former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick, and Herb, um, LSU and Ole Miss today at six o'clock at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium in Oxford, and they've got three more games before they get to what could be an SEC championship game, and then none bigger after that once you're in the college football playoffs. Alabama's sitting at five right now. Do you think by season's end that somehow they're back in the top four?
0: I don't. I don't, not with the significant injury to to Tua the way it is right now. I just don't see Matt Barker bringing them and getting those guys into where they need to be. Um, you know, the second half of the game today, they only scored three points. So I, I don't see – you know, I—I I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I think that this injury is too significant to to arguably their best player of this team, the one that makes it tick, the guy that that puts the ball where it needs to be. So, I, I don't think so. I think, I think, I think, I think you're going to see something else happen. And I think that the college world, as well as the you know the committee, wants to see something different too. They don't want to see. You know they don't want to see that Bama in the in the in the playoffs again, and then potentially LSU have to play Alabama again. Yeah, look <laughs> and look, and the other thing too about this is this team is drastically different without Tua. Period. They are. So, they are. So I mean, you can't you can't the committee can't say well the eye test tells me this. Well, no, the eye test doesn't because when you really saw Alabama this, that this they technically were the you know fifth best team went to in the game. Now what are they, eighth, ninth? You know. I don't know.
2: They're, well, they're they're fifth.
0: No, no, no. I mean they're fifth now, but with two are not playing right oh, the rest yeah. of the season. What in eight, nine, ten? You know, we don't know. We don't know what what, what you know what kind of team they're going to be after that.
2: Yeah, they still got they still got the Iron Bowl with with Auburn coming up too. And, and, that's, Auburn, and that defense is something else. Look,
0: right now Auburn, you know Georgia's winning seven nothing second quarters. You know, five minutes ago, but. Um, you know, look, Auburn is no pushover. I'm going to tell you right now, the defensive line, like you said, the defense period is pretty good. So we'll see what they do. I think that I think we was still another upset.
2: Personally. LSU, yeah, LSU favored by three touchdowns over Ole Miss today. Yes. Uh, and I think, honestly, I, I, I don't look, first off, I don't place a lot of bets in, uh, on, on, on sports games. I think I made three last year total. Yep. Um, but this is one where I would feel very comfortable in LSU covering the 21 points.
0: Well, you know, all year I've been right, Christian. So I've been trying to give you the game, but apparently you don't want to take it. So I'm gonna. tell you I like you my again, money too much, man. <laughs> I would tell you again. You know, I don't bet either. So I just, I just make outrageous bets that you know that doesn't mean anything. So what I'm gonna say is they're gonna cover 21. They're gonna score more than that. So I, I mean, you know, I, if I was anyone, I would take, you know, take the points. I guess that's what you call it. That they're gonna, they're gonna win by more than 21 points, or at least 21 points or more.
2: Yeah, in my original uh, prediction online in a preview article we, we did going from the hunted to the hunters, I had LSU uh, 50, and I want to say Ole Miss 28. So
0: uh, Yeah, uh, you know, I see I see LSU somewhere around, I, I see, you know, 56, uh, 60 points, something like that, um, and then uh, I, I see Ole Miss going no more than 20, 21 points. I, I don't see them scoring that much.
2: Then it is uh, after Ole Miss, it's Arkansas and A and M, and then that A and M game. Herb,
0: oh man, c- come on!
2: From last year, they're going to be reminded no, about that. You
0: can't if you can score seventy two points and still don't win. I mean, that's crazy, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, but this year I think LSU will purposely try to score seventy two points in regulation.
0: They will, and the, you know the whole point though is you got to be able to 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 stop those guys, which we know they had some decent talent there last year, really good talent actually. Kellerman had one of his best games ever. We were tired. You know, we were out of out of sync. We weren't ready for any of that. I mean, it was just a crazy game. But at the end of the day, this is a different team, the LSU team is. And it's a different Texas A&M team as well. So I don't foresee any issues, any trouble.
2: All right, that's a wrap. I want to thank uh, David Potter back at Master Control for helping us put together the program and our D- executive D- producer and program director, Diane Newman, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. D- I'm Chris. I'm Christian Garrick, and I'm saying, Simplify. I'm out. Herb, yes. take us to the house, man.
0: Hey, man, everybody get out there and go vote if you haven't done it yet. I love you, Christian. Love you. We all love you. Go, Tigers. This
2: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.